You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast about helping online brands to build a better e-commerce growth engine with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. So, John, interesting thing that I've come across recently. One of the largest segments of online shoppers often surprises a lot of people, and it's those people over 35. Or, (laughs) that's the old people that are me. It's the old people (laughs) that are over 55. Uh, Good job on my notes there. Well, that's a that's a nice little slip, actually, right? Because we were both uh, we're both older. Not to, to spoil anyone's surprise on your age, but we're both definitely older than thirty five. We are both. Yeah, I'm over the age of the four zero, so I'm just <laughs> trying to age gracefully here and, and not doing a great job on uh, podcast notes. But that group of people, outside of teasing my parents in that category about binging when they're supposed to be googling, <laughs> I honestly don't know a lot about their online habits and how they do things when they're interacting with devices or websites. And, and I therefore avoid talking to clients or prospects about that category of, of online shoppers. And thankfully, as usual in my world, you've done most of the heavy lifting for me so I can sound smart. Your team did a good-sized survey that I heard that would, took over a year to get through it all to learn more about this category of online shoppers and then be able to advise your clients um, in how to engage them better and how to you know get them to convert at the end of the day. Yeah. So I'm excited to dive into some of this data and hear from you about you know what this is and why it became important for you. Yeah. Well, we did this in conjunction with a agency called Age of Majority. And Age of Majority is a marketing firm that helps brands who want to reach the 55 and older consumer. And they've been in business a handful of years, but what they found very quickly was that it's a unique demographic. And most people are thinking just old, quite frankly. They think 55 and older, oh, that's my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, what you're forgetting is that the over 55s are having more fun, have more disposable income at the, you know, for the most part and have more time on their hands than, mm-hmm. than the rest of us. And that is something that cannot be ignored if you're trying to market your product. And especially if you're trying to market your product to an older crowd, the challenge that we find was that so many brands don't even know how to optimize their site for the over 55 crowd. So you look at products that are specifically for them. And what do you think about? You think about what's the necklace, the life-saving necklace, the commercial I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> yeah, that was that, a great career. I'll never forget that one. That you'll never forget it. But here's the thing. That is the portrayal of this audience. Mm-hmm. And Asian Majority released a great report that caught our attention when we were doing some research on this originally called Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. And the reality was that over 55 is having more sex, listening to better music, more often going to concerts, and they just can buy whatever they want. Doing drugs. (laughs) You'd be surprised. They are one of the highest demographics when it comes to marijuana usage. And so, you know, a lot of this stems from their youth, right? Mm -hmm. It was a much different society in in the 60s and 70s. Free everything, right? Free love, free drugs. Woodstock, do all that stuff, right? Yep. And so that's where I think it's it's really overlooked is most people see them as gray hair and that's it. So really just a little bit of a, a groundwork here. An active ager 
is anybody over 55. So we'll talk about mm-hmm. active ager. That's the term the age of majority has um, branded for this audience. But at the same time, this this research was really brought to us because we have had some relationship with age of majority over the years. And Jeff Weiss, the founder of that, approached us and asked if we could partner on a research report here because they wanted to know more about e-commerce to this audience. And, and so did we. So it was, uh, it was pretty interesting. Was there a, a specific client that needed some help in this demographic or mm-hmm. thought they were targeting them more and needed to do that? Or, you know, how did you decide mm-hmm. that this was really something to jump into with age majority? Well, the reality is that we work with clients who definitely are trying to reach that audience. And what we kept hearing was, you know, make the buttons bigger and easier, simplify everything. But, you know, when it would come to actually understanding what the challenges in online shopping are with this audience and what their concerns are, we didn't know and neither did the brand. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we needed to find that out. Now, demographics are something we user test on every day. But, you know, so we were able to user test with those folks and understand the experience and their challenges. But we wanted a very large data set. And that's one thing that age majority has is actually has a pool of test subjects that all are over Hmm. 55 and have other demographics applied to them that we can then go and and run some testing with. So they were able to bring the consumers and the perspective, and we were able to go source that data and bring the insights out of that data, which is what we're experts in. So it really worked out well for everybody. Got it. Okay. So there was, you know, I read through that uh, earlier this week and mm-hmm. there was a, there was some surprising stuff in there. Things I definitely wouldn't have been like, oh yeah, I would have totally guessed that. Yeah. One that really stood out to me was the typos and, and incorrect grammar because mm-hmm. I can actually hear my mom responding verbally to a text <laughs> around that's not correct. Like my mom is a big on grammar. Like we'll just be walking into a store. She's like, that signed stupid grammar. And I'm like, I mean, we still understand what it says, but it like, if you have poor grammar on a site, my mom's not going to buy it. Like love it. Typos. I'm like, I can read a site and know, okay, you're probably, we're in a foreign country putting up a dropship site and that's what you came out of this. But, um, you know, for you, obviously being in the minutia of something mm-hmm. like, what stood out to you that was like, I just would not have guessed that? Well, I, you know, first of all, I think that there are a number of surprising things, but also a number of things that you would be able to guess and were confirmed, right? Mm-hmm. But things like typos and grammar decrease trust. And trust was a big item that kept popping up here. There's mm-hmm. a lot of data that we break down into, into charts and, and whatnot in the report. And on a lot of them, number one or number two is trust and security, right? Active agers are very tech savvy, you know, which surprises a lot of people. But at the same time, they're very security conscious because a lot of them have just seen all of the warnings about people having issues around their data breaches and data security. Mm-hmm. And the reality is if somebody gets their retirement or their cash savings stolen later in life, it becomes a big issue for the quality of life for the remainder mm-hmm. of their life. So they need to be a little more cautious and because they don't have the ability to as easily, I should say, go out and just re-earn that money. So that was something that was was interesting is to see security and trust so high up. Got it. Okay. And as you say active ager, does that include everybody over 55? I guess I should have clarified that earlier. Or is it just a mm-hmm. this age range or is it just a subset of people over 55 that actually play lots of pickleball. 
first of all, to answer your question, it's everybody over 55. Okay. The reason it's called an active ager is to dispel the myth that they're just sitting in an armchair watching Jeopardy all day, hmm. right? Okay. They're not. They are active. You know, I, I listed some some examples of that earlier, but that's really what's important to understand is people are living longer and they're being active later in life and they're finding things to do like pickleball, mm -hmm. right? And the vast majority of folks over 55 are enjoying life more fully and longer and being active. So it's it's why it's part of the name. Got it. It's funny because you'll have... Uh, for example, my my wife's grandfather is still alive, mm. and he's 89, and he still golfs every week. He's got a golf membership at a yep. little local club in Beaverton, and and I think he pretty much has been sandbagging most of his life, except for the turn the, the championship every year because he like wins it every year. I'm like you're 89, he's like yeah yeah, but I compete against all these old guys. And I'm like you're 89. <laughs> like, so how like, old? He's, he's like my definition of the active age. You're like, you're older than almost anybody you're playing golf with, but yet they're the old guys because they, you know, can't get around very well. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. So what I'm most curious about probably is based on what you saw in this report, how does this group of people deviate from average? Because when we, when I look at data on analytics, I'm not usually diving into demographic data because Google gets less and less of that. I'm just looking mm -hmm. at this page converted here, this, this keyword did mm -hmm. this and this, and here's what I'm looking at. But there's probably some ways that this group of, of buyers are different mm -hmm. than what I would generally see as average across the board in certain areas. Right. So wh where did you see them deviating the most? We talked about trust a little bit, but were there specific mm -hmm. areas of the site or aspects of the purchase that were like, yeah, these people are way higher on this than normal or way lower? Well, yeah, exactly. I would think that there's a couple of, of big issues. Number one is they want to talk to somebody where if you ask any Gen Z, millennial, et cetera, they don't want to talk to anybody. For instance, I'm okay texting. I would much rather text because I can be short and to the point, get it done and move on. Mm -hmm. Active agers want to be able to have access to a human customer service representative. And yeah. what you find is that almost 90%, close to 85% said that it was extremely important, very important, or somewhat important. So I find that really interesting wow. because if you ask a millennial, hey, I'm going to give you a phone number. You need to call somebody. They're going to be like, okay, thanks. And then immediately try to text that number. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like making a, phone reservations for a, mm. for a, for a, a restaurant? No, yeah. no, no. I want to just go online, book it, and not ever I don't want to talk to anybody, right? Like, don't that, that just slows things down. You're going to put me on hold. You got to ask your manager. You got to type it in. Just let me do it, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I had this example, uh, this issue just last night. My wife and I are taking our son to Disney and we were trying to book food reservations because everything's on a reservation system there mm -hmm. now. And we're taking some family members with us. So we needed a table for six. And the most you can book online is five. <laughs> and so we're like, we got a call. Okay. And so it took my wife four days to call. Not because she's lazy. Because she just didn't want to talk to anybody. She just was like, kept going back to the app and seeing if maybe a table would open up for six because that was the, the issue. I'm like, no, it clearly says, just, just call them. And then she had to wait on hold last night for 45 plus minutes oh my while she's getting my son ready for bed. And then, of course, while we're brushing our son's teeth, they answer the phone. <laughs> and so it's like the worst possible timing. So not only is it, you know, 
the fact that as you are getting older, you have less of those distractions so you can spend the time on the phone, right? Like you don't have a kid running around your house that you need to go take care of, etc. You might be okay just setting the, the phone on the counter and doing something else for 45 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Or you're, you just feel more comfortable knowing, you know, what, this is real if I talk to somebody, it's actually going to happen. What if there's any issues? I can easily deal with it when I'm talking. Where I'm like, oh, they're going to tell me an issue, and I'm just going to type back, and we'll we'll work through it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I I think that it's that's that was one of the big things that surprised me. Got it. And then as a group, they have more money generally. You know, as a as a class of you know like a generation, mm-hmm. the baby boomers and and older there. So I would have I would guess they're not as price sensitive as maybe me, like in mm-hmm. my twenties. Like <laughs> if you were. If I could save a dollar, I was going to do it. Now I'm like, yeah. uh, just whatever. But but what did, how do they handle price discrepancies across sites? Do they do a lot more research? Yeah, looking at this data, it's almost like an inverse bell curve, right? So you're more con- price conscious when you're starting out in life because you just don't have the means to to not care about it. You get into your high earner years and you're like, you know what? It's worth the 10 minutes to me to pay the extra two bucks and you know, do whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, not do my research, just stop it. You know, I'm going to stop at the expensive coffee shop because it's on my way to work and I don't have to drive two blocks out of the way. I know it's going to cost me an extra dollar or whatever for that cup of coffee, but you know what? I'm going to enjoy it. I've earned it, right? Yeah. As you get older and you have, uh, you're on a, either a fixed income or you are more impacted by swings in your balance of your retirement fund, et cetera, mm-hmm. you start to have those thoughts again about being price conscious, right? And what's interesting to me is if you look at that same chart along with who has the vast majority of funds of resources in the United States, it's the over 55s that have the vast majority of money. So Mm -hmm. you start looking at that and you're like, okay, so they have more money and they are more price conscious. That is completely a mentality at that point. It's not a necessity in a lot of cases. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't people who are clearly on a fixed income, living social security, et cetera. I understand that. But what we found is the majority of people who are shopping online, it is more about just being price conscious. They want the best deal and they have time to go find it and do the research and look at the coupon code sites and do all of that stuff. So abandoning cart issues are are more prevalent with uh, this age group. You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast focused on e-commerce growth. Your hosts are John McDonald, founder of The Good, a conversion rate optimization agency that works with e-commerce brands to help convert more of their visitors into buyers, and Ryan Garrow of Logical Position, a digital marketing agency offering pay-per-click management, search engine optimization, and website design services to brands of all sizes. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us out by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing it with a friend or colleague. Thank you. In my world, abandoned cart, a lot of times I like, well, let's go look at what your shipping rates are. Where are you mm-hmm. giving free shipping? Like I just had that conversation, I think three times yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so I assume free shipping falls generally in line, but does it, mm-hmm. do you see it more or less or is it actually just everybody cares about it almost exactly the same? Everybody cares. And the reality is Amazon has spoiled everybody for online shopping with free shipping. It just is what it is. It's expected now. And so one of the tests that this led us to run actually is just bake shipping into the cost of the product, raise the product cost to cover our shipping and our, you know, for the client and go from there. 
right? Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, call it free shipping, but raise the price. Yeah, and even if this price is the same for me, mm-hmm. that line item of shipping just pisses me off. Yes, everybody. Like, yeah. Just give it to me for 20 instead of 15 <laughs> plus five. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I hate doing math probably. Maybe that's it. <laughs> uh, so, and also reading this, I think I determined that my wife is already an active ager. At the, at the, in her yeah. mid-30s. So she, that's how she shops. She does all of the things listed that an active ager does. I'm like, huh, I married a woman that's already an active ager. That's so. amazing. And she's just up there waiting for me. Yeah, um, you know, it's funny. I think that you know, trust matters a lot to more people, but I think that the trust and the free shipping and being price conscious are things that are prevalent across all ages. But it's just the what was really interesting was the very high percentage of respondents to this survey that made it very clear that it, it is more important to them than anything else. Mm-hmm. Now, as a brand, if I'm going to, it, it, do you think it's possible to have a site that appeals to all of these various age groups on there? Or do I need to probably pick a target and say, I'm going to be an active ager brand, or I'm going to be mm-hmm. a you know millennial brand? Or can I blend a lot of those things using your data to make it okay for most? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I think that it's going to depend on the product, but we have worked with brands that sell incontinence products. Mm-hmm. Now, there are age groups that buy it that are younger. Maybe they have a health concern, right? But the vast majority of people on that site were active agers. They were over 55. So the reality is you need to look at your product and you probably, as a store operator, know your demographic. One, one thing we did find is you will not alienate the the younger people if you focus on those 50, serving the needs of the 55 and older because their needs are are really not so far out in left field right like everybody as i mentioned earlier everybody cares like your wife about trust price you know grammar like your mom right mm-hmm. like all these things apply like i i if I see a, a grammar mistake that's very obvious on, on a homepage of a website, I wonder what the quality is of their product, right? Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where if you target the 55 and older crowd and you emphasize what's important to them, you won't alienate other people. Now, if you go on your website and you just post a bunch of pictures of what would look like elderly folks who aren't active at all and is not a true representation it's more of a derogatory representation then the reality is you're gonna you're gonna turn some people off so like when we work with those incontinence products uh, brands we at that point we're making sure that we are showing people who are active and enjoying life and yeah maybe they have gray hair as well but they're not out there in wheelchairs just looking like they are you know disabled that's not the case mm-hmm. that's i like that so as long as you're generally broad stroke increasing trust uh you're probably going to be able to appeal to multiple things uh, right. maybe just give me an option to get out of you know having to call you yeah. let somebody call you if they want <laughs> well i mean that's exactly it offering options right you could do live chat and phone and have the same people answer both that's a very mm-hmm. possible option now one thing that was missing from your survey that i'm curious about and you probably still have some data around it I didn't see if Wheelio was more or less effective in the over 55 group at collecting emails or text or uh, phone numbers. Did you yeah. get any data around that? No, we didn't do any any data around pop-ups, anything of that sort. I should have now that you say that because I can almost promise you based on the user research we've done with that crowd, they're going to bounce. 
even more than anyone else. They have no tolerance for collecting information. And the reason being is that they are super concerned about security and privacy. 43% are concerned about giving away their information and what happens to it after. 34% regret giving an email, but also feel like they, ne- they don't really have a choice. They have to do it. Hmm. So you start getting into these challenges of a pop-up come up and they don't you know, they're they're having challenges getting it closed just like everybody else and they get frustrated and then they say, you know, maybe they think, oh, I have to give my email address to enter. And then from there, they're already starting from a place of lack of trust because Got you it. force them to give your email. The reality is, is they hate spam more than the rest of us. And this is because we found in our research, they feel compelled to read every message that's sent to them, <sighs> right? Because if you think about it, it's just like receiving a letter in the mail. You're going to open that, right? Mm -hmm. So in that sense, you feel compelled to open it. And I think that that's changing quite a bit. But I can tell you, my parents do that, right? I know my mom's opening every single email message that comes to her. And I find it scary at times, right? I'm just like, I know her quantity is way less than you or I. But at the same time, what's, what's in that email that I don't want her clicking on, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. So, I was on a webinar today with uh, a company we probably both partner with, and they were talking about their new options for pop ups to collect mm. phone numbers. And I was like, and they talked about, oh, yeah, this big brand increased revenue this much and had this much adoption of the coupon code. I'm like, yeah, but you just you gave away a bunch of margin mm-hmm. for people that are already on your site. Like, have you yeah. not listened to Drive and Convert? <laughs> I've got to get this in front of that brand. But, you know, if you are targeting an older demographic and you start by just saying, hey, spin this wheel for money, and I'm like, ooh, bad, bad, bad. Yeah, yeah, you're going to lose out there pretty quickly. So in, in my world, so much of our focus is on acquiring the traffic and just getting the conversion. The mm-hmm. it. And, and a lot of it in yours, but you focus a lot more post-purchase as well, just in your conversations yeah. with clients. And I know that post-purchase is very important in, in this group of people. And what are your recommendations? What were your findings around once they click buy, you built the trust to get the buy, mm-hmm. uh, how do you not blow it <laughs> and have yeah. them just like regret immediately pushing that button? Well, I think that uh, this goes back to them being price conscious to some degree. But really what happens is that they have a high instance rate of buyer's remorse. So what you typically will see is after they've purchased, they immediately start thinking about whether they should have done that purchase or not. And what happens, we've seen this trend in user testing, they start going to other sites to see if they can find a better deal. They've already spent the time (laughs) buying. Oh, man. And then they go and they're like, oh, well, did I get the best deal? Maybe there's something better out there. And I find that really interesting. So I think there's ways to combat that 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 come up in here. Uh, Price guarantees, easy returns, really focusing on education, meaning once somebody is purchased, making sure that you're getting them some education about the product, getting them excited while they're waiting for it to arrive. That can be really important. Mm -hmm. And giving ongoing support. So activators want and, and they really do need continued service and support once they've made a purchase. So how do you provide that to them? And when they post these reviews post-purchase, right? It's follow-up. Everybody asks for reviews. Active agers are really good about leaving reviews. That is something that that I find uh, mm-hmm. interesting. They'll come back and, and feel like they're part of the brand by giving more information and saying, hey, I like this product. Here's why. We have a breakdown in here in a chart of the top re- things they talk about in reviews. Number one is that they got a really good deal. So price. 
right? <laughs> number two is that the customer service was great. Number three is product selection, which to me is not necessarily the fact that you have a lot of SKUs. It's that you've made it easy to filter through those mm-hmm. SKUs and find what's important to them, right? That's what's really the, the key out of that. And then shipping. And then lastly, that the site was easy to use. So again, before you even get to the fact the site was easy to use, you have four other indicators of whether or not someone's going to have a positive experience on your site. And it all starts with price, goes down to customer service, that you make it easy to find the products that are great for them, and then that you ship free and fast. And then outside of that, the site was easy to use as well. Uh, So, you know, you look at all of those things and... (laughs) Really, that's not too divergent from what you or I would would buy online and how we think about it. But the numbers are much greater, right? Like, again, that inverse bell curve of needing to find the best price, for instance. Yeah. And I would say, you know, the fact that they are more likely to leave a review also means if you don't take care of them, Mm -hmm. the Better Business Bureau is going to get a bad review. Yelp is going to get a bad review. Facebook's going to be, I mean, there'll be multiple bad reviews. And I see this. They have the time to do it. We have a client that, does uh, accessories and aftermarket things on RVs. And they're generally targeting the active agers. So this is a report I'm going to send over, obviously. But their negative reviews like, are, are a small portion of their overall sales, mm-hmm. but it is a large portion of their overall reviews. It is like all kinds of terrible. Like, and he's this, this particular business owner uh, likes being right rather than keeping customers happy, which is something we've had to talk to him about because he'll have debates on, you can go to Better Business Bureau and see oh, the debate no. happening, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this was a $200 product. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Move on. Your business is doing millions of dollars. Like, this this could have been so easy if you just be like, fine, you're right. Yep, uh-huh. Ugh. So, But all that to say, expectation setting so that you don't get your in a position of uh, a bad review, mm-hmm. or if there is something wrong, just eat it and make it right because the upside of a positive review or the word of mouth in that group of people is so much greater by just by who they are and how they've done it in the past. So a hundred percent. And no, ego. yeah, I, you're <laughs> fighting a, a battle. You're not going to win. Right. So yeah, that's hilarious about the example you share though. It's <laughs> uh, it's always the brands that are, that are never wrong that end up um, having more issues. So, Oh man, you just, you got to get rid of your ego in the e-commerce space. Like there's <sighs> gonna, the customer may not always be right, but online you, you let them know they are. Yeah. Uh, and just eat it because it'll be better long term. So I learned a lot. Hopefully our listeners did as well. Um, if our uh, listeners want to see the data for themselves mm-hmm. and dive deep into this uh, document uh, that was took so long to do, but also has great, great insights, where do they get that? So just go to ageofmajority.com and uh, it's right there on the homepage right now and you can quickly download it. Unfortunately, if you are an active ager, you do have to give your email address to get the report, but I promise that nobody's going to spam you. The reality here is, is yeah, it did take a year to put this together and there's some great information in here. There's a dozen or so pages of, of just packed with data. Mm-hmm. And I know our team at The Good has has really taken this and altered how we're doing a few things based on this data. And that's why we got it. And I know that Jeff and the team at Agent Majority are using this to alter how they're, they're marketing to this audience. So excited about this, proud of it. And hopefully people get some value out of it. Yeah, I'm excited, uh, excited for you. Thanks, thanks for doing that, John. And thanks for uh, enlightening me. Thanks for listening to Drive and Convert with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. 
keep up to date with new episodes, you can subscribe at driveandconvert.com. Thank you.